Uh, 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 Podcast starts now. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we've got a few games to recap today. I believe there are three since the last time I did this. And then uh, we will continue our clock management talk, and we'll talk about uh, the four-minute drill, that is, trying to run down the clock when you have the lead and you have the ball. Uh, but first, let's get to the recaps. <clears throat> the first, I believe, is the Browns and Patriots. I did not see this game because it was played at some ungodly hour that I just was not going to watch it. Uh, looking at the box score, Browns won 21-3. Looks like they pretty much suffocated the Patriots' offense and a uh, very efficient day for Lewis Callaway and not a good day for Daniel Jones. <clears throat> In these uh, early season games, one of the things I'm looking for is what's the identity of these teams? Um, because sometimes you just don't know. There have been a lot of changes for a few of them. And I think for the Browns, what we're seeing is they're less explosive than they used to be, but they're every bit as good on defense, um, and their offense is pretty efficient. There's a little more ball control. Callaway's completing a very high percentage of passes, so I, I think that's kind of the direction they're going. They want to control the ball a little bit more, uh, convert more third downs, that sort of thing, and it looks like they're getting it done. <clears throat> and for the Patriots, I think we're just seeing the problems with having Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback. Um, another game that happened, the Patriots and the Chiefs. This is a Chiefs victory, 28-25. I also didn't see this game. It was played uh, offline. A lot of internet issues there. <clears throat> uh, what I did see was a couple of scrimmages that took place before the game. Uh, and in those, I saw more Daniel Jones struggles. Um, and throwing tons of interceptions, and the Chiefs really leaning on Irvin Burney, their running back, who I believe just got to superstar, so congratulations to him. Um, and what I'm seeing from these teams is the Patriots, on defense, they are a zone team. They're going to run lots and lots of zone, and they're okay against the run most of the time. Not in this game, they weren't. Um, and on offense, they are an inside-out team, meaning... The players they rely on come from the inside, and on the outside, they just don't have players that they rely on. So on the inside, it's the left side of the offensive line, it's Cam Mosley at running back, and it's the tight ends. And that's what they're doing, and they just don't have a lot of weaponry on the outside, I don't think. And for the Chiefs, it's kind of a similar thing. I know they lost JT Hughes to injury uh, earlier this year, and that really sucks. Um... They're throwing, uh, I can't remember his name. They had another receiver that looked pretty decent. He was having nice games. But they just do not go down the field with the football. Uh, their big plays have to come from their running game. Uh, all the throws I saw in the scrimmages were under 15 yards. So not a lot of field stretching going on there. Um, and, and Matthew Carson's playing all right. He doesn't see pressure coming sometimes. And he throws it in the traffic times when he really doesn't need to. But this is another team I think is going to benefit from a kind of a ball control offense, and they're going to lean on their running game. Now let's see if we can find the other game. 
would have been Chiefs and Browns. Um, and I really don't have any other observations from that game other than what I've already said. The, uh, the Browns really controlling the game and the Chiefs just unable to get big chunks of yardage. Um, but that Chiefs defense, it, it, it hangs in there and they're mixing in more zones than they used to. And I think that's helping them, uh, keep offenses off balance. They also got a pretty decent pass rush that's been getting to the quarterback. So some good things going on for the Chiefs in that regard. And before we get into the four-minute drill real quick, let's just talk about a, li- a few transactional things that were interesting. Uh, the Packers traded Kendall Dillard to the Chargers, and so and they pretty quickly got him signed to a two-year extension, so he's going to be in the AFC West for a little, little while. You're welcome to the Chiefs. Um, I would have liked to have seen him go to the AFC East or AFC North, but those teams either didn't have the cap room or the draft picks to trade for him, so that fell through. Um, And then the Browns traded some guy named Abraham that I've never heard of, um, their center, to, I believe, the Bills. I think they got a first-round pick for him. Uh, Again, I've never heard of him, but Twitter is talking about him as if he's the greatest Hall of Famer ever, so that's weird. Um, Just goes to show you that once a team wins a couple of Super Bowls, Every single thing they do just becomes the biggest news ever, and it's just kind of irritating. All right, let's get into the four-minute drill. A four-minute drill is at the end of a game, if you have a lead, you're trying to make sure you keep that lead and win the game. That's basically it. Um, And so we're going to assume that you have the ball, you just got the ball, and who knows how much time there is left uh, on this game. I would say two minutes or less, maybe. Um, but it is called the four-minute drill because anywhere from four to six minutes, then you're trying to burn clock you know, and win the game. And this is just basically the reverse of the two-minute drill in that you're thinking about resources still. Time and timeouts mainly is resources. The difference is you're trying to make the other team run out of them uh, instead of trying to preserve your own. Um, so the way you're going to do that is obviously you're going to try to keep the clock running. If the other team has timeouts, you don't have any control over when they use them, but you want to make sure that you have plays that end inbounds so that they have to use them at some point. And, and the math you should do is that every play that you run that ends inbounds with the clock running is either going to burn one of the other team's timeouts or it's going to burn... 40 to 45 seconds off the clock. The play clock is 40 seconds long. Uh, Assuming you were doing a running play, that's 3 to 5 seconds maybe. So if you're using up 39 seconds of the play clock, which you should be, you should be snapping it at 2 or 1, and then you run the ball, you're probably burning about 45 seconds per play or a timeout. Obviously know when the the 2-minute warning is going to come, so you can factor that in. And only a couple of things to consider here. One is use the chew clock function, especially if you're kneeling down. Hit L1 at the bottom until you get to chew clock because if everybody has to sit and look at that screen for 30 seconds while you're in the victory formation, that really kind of feels like you're gloating. And and maybe you are. Maybe you want to do that. But um, really better to use the chew clock. It skips over uh, a lot of time there and saves everybody 
some annoyance. Now, one thing to keep in mind is if you're wanting to make a bunch of adjustments at the line of scrimmage, chew clock may not give you the time to do that. Um, I, it usually go puts you up at the line of scrimmage at 12 seconds or under. I think it's anywhere between 7 and 12 seconds left on the play clock. Um, so if that's something to import, that's important to you, you need to remember um, that. Now, <clears throat> the key here is you want to run however many plays you need to run to burn up all the time out, or all the time. And if you do give the ball back to the other team, you want to make there's as little you want to make sure there's as little time possible uh, left, and you want to make sure they don't have good field position. So traditional wisdom said basically no matter what, run the ball three times so that that team either has to use their timeouts or you burn up as much time as possible, and then you just punt it away. You almost give up the set of downs. You just give up on getting the first down. That's a little bit outdated, and I think rightfully so. Uh, as efficient as passing games are these days, I think you have options. So I'm okay with passing in that situation, especially if it's a third and five or so. If I have high percentage pass plays and I trust my quarterback, I might pass it then. And I really like play action pass plays early on the downs because the other team's playing the run, and you can oftentimes get a fullback wide open in the flats. Um, that's harder on this game because play action passes tend to get you sacked, but uh, you can always try it. And the important thing to remember if you call a pass play is a sack is better than an incomplete pass because you keep the clock running. Obviously, you don't want to turn over either, so be careful of that. But if you call a high percentage pass play that you're going to catch it in bounds, probably a good idea to hit X, possession catch, and fall down, um, then I think passing is on the table as an option. That's just my opinion. Another thing to keep in mind is uh, if you get a first down or if you get good yardage, hit R2, L2, and square and fall down instead of running out of bounds. Running out of bounds is a big, big mistake. Uh, just like an incomplete pass. An incomplete pass is a big mistake, and you're helping the other team preserve resources when you don't need to. And I think that's probably about it. Again, you want to protect the ball. The other team may be, you know, trying to strip it or hit stick you or whatever. So R1, hold R1 and protect the ball. Um, or again, hit R2 or yeah, R2, L2 and square and fall down when you see people coming. Um, always good to play it safe as far as ball security goes. But again, I, I think as far as picking up the first downs, you may need four or five plays to burn up all the time. So you need to pick up a first down. I like to be moderately aggressive there. So that's my stance on the four minute drill. Uh, hopefully that's helpful. I, I think everybody basically understands how to do that. Uh, the key is you don't want to forget about it, not look at the clock and just run plays like normal and then end up giving the ball back to the other team when you don't need to. Uh, one other thing. Uh, in the special teams, there is a tight punt formation. So if the other team's going to come block your punt, you can go tight punt and help protect a little better. So look out for that. Um, that's it for this episode. No listener feedback or anything else. Again, if you want to ask football questions, you want my analysis on something, then by all means, contact the podcast and I will go over it. And so, until next time, always remember...
never give up.